الحمد لله Remember that day. Prepare for that day. Live every second of your life for the sake of that day. Yoma. La yanfa That none of your money will benefit you on that day. Not your wealth, nor your possessions will benefit you on that day. Your sons will not be of any benefit to you on that day. Your worldly relations will not be of any benefit to you on that day. The only person who will succeed in that triumph on that day, that person who comes to Allah with a pure heart. Audio, no video. You can record the sound but not the picture. <coughs> so this is the mercy of Allah SWT that He told us to answer. He told us to question. He told us what will be examined. If you go to a doctor and the doctor tells you I'm going to put you in front of a scan. And this part of you will be examined and this is what you have to show. Allah Taala is going to examine us on that day and to examine our spiritual heart. And Allah Taala is the most perfect of knowledge, the most perfect of vision, the most perfect of understanding. And He wants us to bring to Him a perfect heart. Qalbun Salim means pure, pristine, perfect heart. This is the mission Allah Taala has given us. This whole life is to be lived in order for that day. Our Shaykh say that we have been sent in this world not to live a good life. We have not been sent to this world to live a good life. We have been sent to this world to die a good death. So many of us are busy trying to live a good life. When are we going to realize we have to die a good death? So many people who are past the 40s, they worry that what will happen to my kids? After I die, they should be worried what will happen to my kids after they die. What will happen to my kids after I die means what will happen to my kids in the dunya. After they should think that what will happen to my kids after they die, what's going to happen to my kids in the after. That should be the father and mother's last word. That okay, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70. They shouldn't worry about what legacy they're going to leave behind in this world. That is temporary. What legacy and what type of children are going to show up on the Day of Judgment? What legacy of Akhirah have they bequeathed and left behind for their children? Deen of Islam has taught us the asl of life. And the most asl part of a human being is their qalb. Qalb means the heart of the ruh. We have a physical body that also has a heart that pumps blood. We have a ruh that also has a heart 
that is called the Qalb al-Qur'an. Qalb, spiritual heart. You see, in our batin there are three things. One is our aql, our mind. Second is our nafs. And third is our qalb. Aql is the part of us that thinks thoughts, khayalat, afkar. Nafs is the part that has khayashat, has desires, passions. And qalb is the part that has emotions and feelings. And everything is about the qalb. All of deen is about the qalb. The Qur'an is just the qalb. Allah Ta'ala says, Hidayah al-qalb. And Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam When he addressed the people, he addressed their heart from his heart. Anybody who even has read a few hadith in their life will know that Sayyidina Rasulullah is not trying to give fancy, rational, intellectual explanations. He did not teach a course on comparative religion, comparing shirk to Islam. No need for that. Allah Ta'ala gave him a pure heart and he presented that pure heart into this world. Allah Ta'ala sent a pure book called Qur'an al-Kareem and a pure heart called Nabi al-Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa This is what's missing in our deen today. Some of us may have bodies that are Muslim. Some of us may have minds that are Muslim. We believe in one Allah subhanahu We believe in Tawheed. But very few of us have hearts that are Muslim. There are 1.2 or 1.5 billion mu'mineen in the world. Yes. How many muttaqeen are there in the world? Hmm? Maybe 10,000 muttaqeen in the world. Maybe 20,000 muttaqeen in the world. All of everything else is just empty slogans. Empty slogans and conferences and plans and strategies and papers. Nothing will happen until mu'mineen become muttaqeen. Nothing has ever happened in 1400 years of Islamic history unless the mu'mineen became muttaqeen. Nothing can ever happen. Unless that happens. Taqwa is something to do with the heart. Taqwa is not something to say with your tongue. Taqwa is not a philosophy to adopt in the mind. Taqwa is a state of heart. Taqwa is a state of the heart. Now, Allah Sata made the system in such a way that the aql will also follow the kalms. And the nafs will also follow the guy. So you can imagine there are three ways of life. One way of life is to make the nafs our imam. This is the way of life in New York. And this is likely to be the way of life in Glasgow. What does it mean? It can be very nice people. Very nice, educated, hard workers, achievers. But what do they do on Friday nights? What do they do on Saturday nights? What to do there on weekends? What to do? What do they do on their vacations? What do they do whenever they have free time? They make the nafs the imam of their life. <laughs> Following their nafs, whatever their nafs wants to do, they do it. Bas, simple. Nafs needs money to fulfill its pleasures, so they work Monday to Friday from nine to five p.m. And in their evenings and weekends, they do whatever their nafs wants. And that's their life. And they spend years with them. We grew up in the streets of Manhattan, we would say. Go out on Manhattan on Friday night and you will see. The educated, the Wall Street executives, even the philanthropists, 
the inventors, all of them, completely being slaves to their nerves. So enslaved to their nerves that they want to party till they drop. 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Then they want to get up and do the same thing on Saturday. Then they want to do it again on Sunday. And then they get sad. They get sad when it's Monday morning. Why? Because they have to go back to work. They can't be a slave to the nuts anymore. But that's one way of life in the world. Another way of life is to make your uncle, your imam, to follow your thoughts. First way of life in the Spantan said in Quran, Afala that are you not amazed? Do you not gaze aghast and in astonishment at that person who has taken their nafs as their god, as their ilah? They follow their nafs, they worship their nafs. Who says they're atheists? They're not atheists, they believe in a god. <laughs> the name of God is their nafs. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, there's no atheist. <laughs> you make Allah Ta'ala your god or you made nafs your god, ilah. <laughs> Second is to follow their uncle. Whatever they think, I think this is right. So when they would say in Urdu, Mera Mizaj, Mera Khyar, Mera Rudham, Meri Tabir. Allah Ta'ala finished this in the first line of Quran. Alhamdulillah. All praise is only for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Who are you? <laughs> Alhamdulillah means Allah is everything, I am nothing. That's what it means. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala is everything, everything else is nothing. And if we are something, it is only because Allah Ta'ala gave it to us. That same Allah Ta'ala who knows how to give, the same Allah Ta'ala knows how to take back. There is no value to our thoughts. There is value to wahi. I'll give you an example. A person has eyes, perfect vision. But they will never be able to see unless there is light. Never. And if they are in a place where there is no light, it doesn't matter how perfect their vision is, they will not be able to see. Aqil is like eyes, and the Qur'an and Sunnah is the light. Wahi is the light, Nabuwat is the light. And they have aqil, but they don't have the light. <laughs> so they're following, they made aqil the imam of their life. And they're also living a life of darkness. There's a third way of life. That is to make the kalam the imam of your life. To make the heart the imam of one's life. And to fill that kalam, that heart, with the sifat, attributes of imam, and taqwa, and love for Allah SWT, and fear of Allah SWT, and tawakkul on Allah, and shukr for Allah SWT, and sabr, and you will see the whole Qur'an is just about feeling. Quran was revealed to teach man not just how to think, not just what to do. The Quran came to teach us how to feel. It's about feelings. Why? Because Allah wanted us to make the kalb the imam of our life, to fill the kalb, the spiritual heart, with feelings of imam, and follow the imam till kalb for the rest of our life. This is what Sayyidina Rasulullah taught Sahaba. This is why he was called content, happy. When he made this group of people called Sahaba. You know when Sayyidina he was about to pass away, he knew. One, he had a physical illness, so he could tell he was sick. And second, he mentioned in Sahih that the angel Jibreel comes to every prophet and tells that prophet, gives them a choice if you will. That Allah said that 
now you can come. Would you like to stay or would you like to come? So Sayyidina Rasulullah he knew. Now what did he do? Did he start using his aqal? Did okay, I better sit down, start planning, gather sahaba, tell them who will be there in the after me. I should sit down and tell them to compile all my words and make one textbook of hadith. I should gather all of the different papers in which Quran is written. He didn't do any of that. Even Quran, Musafi Uthmani, third caliph, Sayyidina Uthman who then the Quran was compiled in one definitive form. It was definitively there. Nabi Akim wasn't worried about these things. Why? Because he knew I've created a group of humans who have the feelings of Imam. That was my job. They have the right feelings, Allah will take every work of being from them. This is our problem. The best of us, those who come to Masjid from Maghrib and Isha, we think we're practicing Muslims. Not practicing Muslims. We're practicing the acts and actions of Islam. We're not practicing the feelings of Islam. <laughs> practicing Muslim is the one who practices haya, who practices taqwa, who practices ikhlas, who practices sid. What did we think that practicing Muslim is just practicing prayer? Not fully practicing until we feel the feelings of Islam. And Allah subhanahu wa made us in such a way that it's easy to do this. Allah ta'ala naturally made us that the aqal will also follow the kalb and the nafs also follow the kalb. What does that mean? The aqal wants to think some thought. It will first look to the heart and see what types of feelings are there in the heart. Based on that, it will think its thoughts. The nafs wants to have some desire. The nafs will first look at the heart and see what feelings are there in the heart. Then the nafs will have a desire for them. I'll give you an example. If a person has an unlawful feeling in their heart, which is very widespread today, unlawful love, lust, attraction for non-mahram, for a ghair mahram, for a person of the opposite gender outside nikah, before nikah. So if they have feelings like that in their heart, so the uncle will take its signal, and all the time they will be thinking about her. And they will come and they will write this, that I don't know what to do. My mind is always stuck on you. <laughs> Why is mind stuck on you? Because heart has feelings for you. Otherwise, the would never be able to think a thought of a person. Unless first the aql has to see feelings for that person in the heart, then the aql can think those thoughts. So I mean, the nafs will look in the heart. Nafs sees that this person has feelings for non-mahram. Nafs starts having khasha, desires. Nafs starts feeling lustful desires. The young man says, I was overpowered. By my nafs. No, you allowed feelings to come into your heart first. The nafs took those feelings as ingredients and then it overpowered you and made you commit an unlawful act of lust. You let the feelings in your heart first. If the feelings weren't there in your heart, the nafs would have had no material to work with. The nafs wouldn't have had those designs. So the akal and the nafs, they both follow the heart, they follow the kalb. Just like that, if a person has good feelings in their heart, for example, the true love, the real love, which is called love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala said in the Quran, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَنَّ خُمْبًا لِلَّهِ That those who have iman, they have intense love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the aql will see that all the time their thoughts will be about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you see this huge difference. That person was all the time thinking of pictures and people and faces. 
and this person is always thinking about Allah Ta'ala, thinking about I want to go to Umrah, thinking about I want to pray Tahajjud, thinking about the Seerah, thinking about some Hadith, thinking about some meaning of some verse, all the time that's in their thoughts. Why? <coughs> and why does this not happen? How come this is not describing me and you? Because our heart doesn't have those feelings for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Our mind is going to look at our hearts. If the person has love for dunya, love for money, the mind is always thinking about money, business, schemes, strategy, planning. Whatever is in the heart, the mind will think it. Nafs will also do the same. If nafs sees the person has in their heart love for Allah Taala, then the nafs will have desire, desire to become hafiz, desire to create the hajjad, desire to go to umrah. These will be the desires of the nafs. And nafs will have overwhelming desire. You see somebody after two weeks, you have a happiness. I don't know what happened to me. I felt this burning desire to go for Umrah. So I just applied for visa. I left. I didn't even have time to tell you. Yes? Nuff can overwhelm you in a good way if you have good feelings in your heart. So Allah Ta'ala made us in such a way that naturally the akal and nafs follow the heart so that we could live our whole life following this heart. And then Allah Ta'ala sent down Quran and the Sunnah Sayyidina to fill that heart with the pure teachings. Perfect deen. Perfect deen. Such a shame that such a perfect deen has such imperfect followers. The greatest tragedy in the history of humanity. Such a perfect prophet has such imperfect ummatim. Such a perfect Allah Subhanahu has such imperfect ibadah. See? Strange. And then, within the Muslims, there are so many Muslims who follow their akhma. And so many Muslims who follow them. These are the two basic root causes of why our own fellow Mu'mineen go astray. Either they're following their akal and they end up in their own concept of modernism, reformism, and all types of things, or they follow their own nafs and they end up in sin. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I will share with you now some verses from Quran. So you will hear this word qalb over and over again in these verses. Qalb means spiritual heart, heart of living. First verse, Allah subhanahu wa says in Qur'an that even this Qur'an itself is going to benefit that person if they let the Qur'an enter their heart. Allah says in the Qur'an, إِنَّ فِي ذَلَكَ لَذِكْرَ لِمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ قَلْبُ That indeed in this Qur'an there is an advice an admonishment, a reminder for that person who has a heart. That person who offers their heart to the Qur'an. The best of us today, we have offered our tongue to the Qur'an. We recite it. Maybe a person went the next step, they offered their mind to the Qur'an. They studied it, they learned it translation. There are very few of us who have offered our hearts to Qur'an. The Qur'an has wordings. You have to learn how to recite those wordings properly. It may take you three months, six months, one year to learn Tajweed. The Qur'an has meanings. It could take one, two, three, four years to learn those meanings properly. But ultimately the Qur'an is about feelings. Feelings of Qur'an. Just like you need a teacher to teach you the wordings of Qur'an, and you need a teacher to teach you the meanings of Qur'an, you will need a teacher to teach you the feelings of Qur'an. That's our problem, we don't feel it. We all know the words, Alhamdulillah, Yudabbil Alameen. We all know the meaning of it. Many of us may even have actually heard a whole tafsir of that verse. 
But we don't feel it. We stand in prayer, we say Alhamdulillah, but our heart is not melting in the praise of Allah. Our heart is not feeling the feeling of Allah. We're just saying the words, we're rolling over the words. We say the word Maliki Yomidin and we have no concept of the day of judgment at that moment. We're just racing through the words. The Quran is not just words and meanings that we will do a Quran course and that's it will be perfect to be heard. It's wonderful to learn the words, wonderful to learn the meaning. Don't get me wrong. But it's incomplete. Incomplete unless you learn the feelings. The our deen wants to bring us to completion. So the Quran claim Allah Ta'ala said clearly that there is a zikr in this. For who for that person who has their heart. Who in the Quran is addressed to the hearts, the prophets are addressed to the hearts. Those ulama who continue this tradition, they are called awliya. Awliya is simply the name of those ulama who also try to address the hearts of believers, who try to develop and nourish the hearts of believers, who speak from the feelings of their heart and try to put the feelings into the hearts of the believers. This is what Allah said in Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanattakullah that O oh, you who believe adopt taqwa wakunu ma sadiqeen and put your heart in the company of the hearts of the siddiqeen and sadiqeen. It has to be heart to heart. This deen is learned heart to heart. Sahaba learned deen from the Prophet heart to heart. Dabin learned deen from Sahabi Akram radiallahu ta'ala anamu'jma'in heart to heart. This continues in a chain. That chain in Arabic is called Sulsala. That we learn deen from heart to heart. Every generation does amal on this verse, Kunu ma So I put myself in the company of one of the Siddiqeen. He put himself in the company of one of the Siddiqeen. He put himself in the company of one of the Siddiqeen. Going back up to Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu It's called living deen. Living amal, living practice on the feelings of Qur'an. Now, different people have different types of hearts. And Allah Ta'ala has mentioned these different types of hearts in Qur'an. First type of heart is the dead heart. It's called dead because it doesn't have the life source of the spiritual heart, which is iman. So this is the heart of the kafir, the mushrik, the unbeliever, the disbeliever, the polytheist, the atheist. That person has a dead heart. Now, Allah Ta'ala in several verses has explained this dead heart. First metaphor is that this person's heart will be blind. This person's heart will be blind. Allah Ta'ala says that if only they had hearts that they tried yaqiluna biha. Look at this in Quran. So, Aql not through the mind. Understanding is not being done through the mind. If only they had understood using their hearts. So, Allah Ta'ala makes it clear that the way of Iman is to understand everything in this world from the heart. Not from the mind. So Allah Ta'ala says, if only they had hearts by which and they understood the world through those hearts. Or they had ears to which they really hear the heartfelt message of Qur'an. But they didn't have it. They didn't do it. So this is the verse about the people who reject Imam. 
It's not their eyes that are blind. But rather it's the hearts and their breasts that have become blind. So Allah gives this example that they have a blind heart. Blind heart. Second example Allah gives in the Quran is of a sealed heart. Sealed. Just dil per mohor lagi. Sealed shut. One verse Allah says, كَذَلَكَ يَتْلُ اللَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ قَلْبٍ مُتَكَمْبِرٍ جَبَّارٍ Thus does Allah set a seal on the spiritual heart. Now here this verse isn't just about unbeliever. On every, كُلِّ قَلْبٍ On the heart of every single مُتَكَمْبِرٍ جَبَّارٍ Anyone who is arrogant and anyone who uses their fort to oppress and harm other people. This is why Sayyidina Rasulullah said hadith that no one will ever be able to enter Jannah even if they have mithal of Allah, even one atom's weight of kibber in their heart. Not one drop of pride can't go to Jannah. Even microscopic atom of pride, we won't be able to go to Jannah. Why? Because the heart will have a seal on it. Our problem is that because of our education, because of us living in the West, because we have a comfortable living, we get a bit of pride in us. We get a bit of pride in us. One drop of pride is going to prevent us from getting into Jannah. Allah Ta'ala will set a seal on that one. <coughs> then, first, blind heart is for the unbeliever. Sealed heart can be anyone who has the cumber or oppresses. Third metaphor, the second, third verse, on the sealed heart. Who else can have a sealed heart? That person who made the nafs their imam. Allah says in Quran, We already told you that you are not gave and wonder that person who's taken their nafs as their God. And this has two explanations. First, that Allah Ta'ala has misguided this person while Allah Ta'ala knows what he's doing. And second, that Allah Ta'ala has misguided this person even though this person has ill means ulama who follow their nafs or people of knowledge who follow their nafs so they have ill they are ala ill but still they chose to follow their nafs oh. so then what does Allah Ta'ala say about such a person وَخَتَمَ عَلَى سَمْعِهِ وَقَلْبِهِ Allah Ta'ala sets a seal on their hearing and Allah Ta'ala sets a seal on their heart so when they follow the nafs, a seal is set on their heart. They're not able to perceive the beauty of Allah Ta'ala. They're not able to feel love for Allah Ta'ala. They just lead happy, go, lucky lives. That's what they think. It's neither happy and it's not lucky. Hmm? But that's how they call happy, go, lucky. Following whatever their nafs wants. And then Allah Ta'ala finishes this verse, وَجَعَلَ Allah بَصْرِهِ غِشَاوًا Allah Ta'ala puts a veil on their perception. They can no longer perceive truth from untruth. فَمَنْ يَحْدِيهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ And who can there ever be now who can guide them after Allah Ta'ala has cast a seal on their heart? أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ Will you not take admonishment from this? Will you not be reminded from this? So first, blind heart. Then, sealed heart. Third way Allah Ta'ala explains it, hardened heart. Hardened heart. Then their hearts became hard. 
and hardened and hardened after their disobedience and disbelief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And their hearts became like rocks. Even they were harder than rocks. Why? Because Allah says, because indeed from even rocks a spring of water can get forth. But they are even harder than rocks. The tears of Iman and Tawbah can never come from them. Unrepenting sinner, unrelenting sinner, remorseless sinner, tearless sinner, hardened heart. So the question is then, what are the signs and symptoms? This is what our Uliya Mashaikh taught us. What are the signs and symptoms of having this dead heart, blind heart, hardened heart, sealed heart? And let's look at those signs and symptoms and see whether we have that in ourselves or not. First sign. This person who has this dead heart will have no, no more will they have longing for Allah Ta'ala. They won't be yearning for Al-Firah. They're just stuck in the dunya. Everything for them is about dunya. All of their dreams are about dunya. If you ask them, okay, you're 40 years old, what's there left to do in your life? They will make a list. And they will have nothing to do with Allah SWT. I still need to do this, I need to get that, I need to make this business, I need to earn this car, I need to buy this house. They'll make a long, long list. All of their hopes and dreams and aspirations are about dunya. Whether they're 20, 40, 60, 80, it's a sign they have a hard heart. <laughs> Allah SWT is not even on their wish list. Allah SWT is not even on their wish list. Allah SWT. Jannah is not on their wish list. It's not even on the horizon of their dreams. Second, is that they worship their nafs. Now what does it mean when we said to make the nafs imam? Very simple. When the nafs desire is fulfilled, they're happy. And when the nafs desire is not fulfilled, they're sad. Their happiness and sadness is based on their nafs, as opposed to their happiness and sadness was supposed to be based on their kalb, was supposed to be based on their heart. If they get what they desire, they're happy. If they don't get what they desire, they're sad. They were supposed to be, if they wake up for fajr and feed their heart, they're happy. And if they miss that, they're sad. But they're not like that, because their heart is dead. So the happiness and sadness is based on their nafs. That's why they will say, we like it. We like music. We like dancing. We like freedom. They will call this their freedom. It's their nafs. It's their nafs. Third sign is they don't feel hesitation in sinning. They're not scared of sin. Yes, they may feel hesitation if they think they'll get caught. They feel hesitation if they think their wife will find out. But if Allah Ta'ala finds out, no hesitation. In fact, if they're sure that they can strategically do this sin in such a way that their wife doesn't find out, friend doesn't find out, imam of masjid doesn't find out, no one in the community will find out, they will do the sin without any hesitation. Hesitation is only due to makhluk. Hesitation is not due to khalaq. Because they have a dead heart. A person with a living heart, all of their hesitation to do sin is because of Allah SWT. That is not even a reason for them to stop it. What if somebody finds out? They're not even concerned with that. Because they hardly know. Forget somebody. Allah Ta'ala will find out. Allah SWT will know. I can't do this sin because Allah Ta'ala will know. Whether my wife finds out or not, it's irrelevant. Whether my friend finds out or not, it's relevant. Whether my fellow people who pray next to me in masjid ever know it's relevant. My boss ever knows or not, it doesn't mean anything. It's already finished on step one, my Allah Ta'ala will know. 
that this person has a hard heart, a heart. Allah is out of the equation. Now the only thing can stop him from sin and it can't is punishment, law, legality, embarrassment, exposure, humiliation. These things can stop them from sin. Other than that, they're going to spend their whole life sinning. No hesitation in sin. Fourth symptom is they find doing ibadah difficult. Ibadah is a big burden for them. If I say watch a movie for two hours, so we can watch two movies for four hours. If I say, okay, read Quran for half an hour, they can't do it. They pray 20 rakats, nafal salat, can't do it. I say, okay, you give a talk on love for Allah, can't speak for more than five minutes. If makhluk wants to talk to them, they can talk to their friend on the phone for one hour. They can spend all night with their friend, they can't spend their night with Allah. They can't do it. It's difficult. If you ask them how to do it, and they're being honest, they're being truthful, it's difficult for them. <laughs> it's a burden for them. They can't do it. Sometimes even they try. They make intention. For example, in Jummah, okay, I'll read Surah Kahab. They open, they start reading. They turn one page, second page, they're finished. Their ability, strength is finished. Now they're stuck, they don't know what to do. So they quickly scroll ahead, see how many pages are left. They stick their finger in. They stick their finger in and they're just waiting and waiting. And when they finally turn the page and see their finger, they're happy. This is their state of Salah. It was a burden that they wanted to get rid of. It wasn't a joy and passionate experience for them. Ibadah was a burden they wanted to discharge. They don't pray the prayer of the lover. They pray the prayer of the slave. This is the lover of Ibadah because the heart is hardened. Hardened. doesn't feel the lure of Ibadah. doesn't feel the pleasure of Ibadah. doesn't feel the sweetness of Ibadah. Now you tell me if there was somebody who says, my tongue cannot taste sweetness. I can tell hot and cold. I can tell sour and bitter. But I can't taste something sweet. Then I said, okay, I'm going to give you, make a dessert. Pour a whole bottle of honey on that dessert. I will pour a whole bag of sugar on that and then give you a spoon. He says, I still can't taste it. Can you imagine how sick that person must be? And that person would definitely go to a doctor. And they would say, cure me. They would insist and if the doctor said, no, you should be happy, your heart is fine, your lungs is fine, your kidney is fine, your knees are fine, you should be happy with that you had. He said, no, 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 no. You must restore the ability to my tongue to taste the sweetness of dessert. So when are we going to worry that when is the ability going to be restored to our heart to taste the sweetness of ibadah? You're reciting Surah Fatah, you just poured a bottle of honey. You're going into sajda, you poured a bottle of sugar. You said, Subhanallah, you poured even more. And you still can't taste the sweetness. What's the matter? You still don't enjoy it? You still find it a burden? When are we going to realize that this is also a sickness? If my tongue can't taste the sweetness of food, I say I'm sick. If my heart standing on the musalla or going in sajda reciting Qur'an can't feel the sweetness of salah, when am I going to call that sick? That's even more sick. The spiritual cancer. Spiritual cancer is much worse than physical cancer. Why? Because what's the worst that can happen if you have physical cancer, you will end up in the grave. And what's the worst that can happen if you have spiritual cancer, you will end up in Jahannam. You end up in Jahannam. What are we more scared of? Are we more scared of the grave or are we more scared of Jahannam? Grave is unavoidable. Jahannam is avoidable. <laughs> yes, Jahannam is avoidable. 
enable us to avoid going to Jannah. Grave is unavoidable. Why are we so scared about going to the grave which is unavoidable? When are we going to get scared about going to Jannah? And the fifth sign that the person has a dead heart, hard heart, blind heart, sealed heart is that they don't like Nasiha. They don't like anybody to tell them anything. Nobody should say anything to me. Nobody should advise me, counsel me, remind me. So there'll be a young man who's 18, 19, 20 years old. He's made nothing wrong with his life. His parents try to explain to him. He says, don't talk to me. If you talk to me again about this, I will leave. He's talking to his parents like this. If you talk to me again about this, I will leave. The parents don't know what to do. So they tell his older brother, you explain. You explain to him. Older brother goes to him. They are good friends and they're on good terms and they're brothers. He tries to advise him. That young boy looks at his brother and says, don't talk to me about this. He'll SMS some friend he met once at some party. And he will get in the car and go off with a friend who he just met once. As opposed to listening to that boy who was the brother of his life for 25 years. And when he gets in the car, the friend will say, where do you want to go? Take me anywhere. Just take me away from home. That's what he will say. Take me anywhere. Hard heart, blind heart, sealed heart, dead heart. These are the signs. But those signs should only be in the unbeliever. But many of us, we have Imam. Alhamdulillah. We believe in Allah Santa. Alhamdulillah. But we have it in our heart. We're suffering from the same heart disease. The same symptoms we find amal, ibadat, adal, akhlaq difficult. When things get tough, we find sabr difficult. Even we find shukr difficult. How many believers can even say about any one day of their life, one day in their book of deeds, one page is such that every time I ate and drank something, I began with Bismillah and Dua and I ended with Alhamdulillah and Dua. Even one day can be shown like that. Every snack, every meal, every drink, they find sugar difficult. <laughs> they find it all difficult. Can't do it. Can't do it. Then they make excuses, they want the person to make excuses for them. All of the signs and symptoms of a dead heart. There's a second type of heart, Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran. This is called the sick heart. Kalbul Marid. Sick heart. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, فَإِنَّهُ آثَمُنْ قَلْبُهُ وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ عَلِيمٌ That indeed it is their heart that committed the sin. Here is giving us a lesson. Whenever our eyes do sin, our hands do sin, our tongues do sin, فَإِنَّهُ آثِمٌ قَلْبُهُ And may indeed it is their heart that is the sinner. It is the heart that sins. And it's the heart that is pious. Then Allah says, Indeed Allah knows each and every single thing that you do. In other words, Allah says, فِي قَلْبِهِ مَرَضٌ that there are such people that they have a sickness in their heart. A sickness in their heart. 
What does it mean to have a sickness in their heart? Sickness in the heart, the person with a sick heart, his son, is that sometimes they're healthy, sometimes they're sick. Sometimes they act and behave like they're the lover of Ar-Rahman, and sometimes they act and behave like they're the friend of Shaitan. Sometimes they are pious, they don't sin, and some days, Allah Hukma they do unspeakable sin, unfathomable sin, shameful sin, coming back and forth, back and forth, from health to sickness to health to sickness. Here Allah Ta'ala gave hidayah to us, and He wants us to do tazkiyah, kan aflahaman zakkaha, that this nafs will cause you to have a sick heart, only and only will that person be triumphant and successful, who does tazkiyah of their nafs, who works on themselves, who makes mujahida, who purifies their heart, who disciplines their heart. And if they don't do it, if they let themselves languor, languish, in this state of sickness, then Allah says, that they had a sickness in their heart and they didn't try to cure themselves, Allah Ta'ala will then increase them in that sickness. Yes. The person says, oh, I had one episode of lust. You were supposed to immediately get treatment, get cured, learn how to lower your gaze, learn how to fear Allah Ta'ala. If you don't do it, even if you're just passive, if you just passively continue like that, فَزَادَهُمُ اللَّهُ مَرَضَ Allah will increase you in that sickness. And then you will come and say, now I don't know how to get out of it. It didn't begin as overwhelming, overpowering. The sin didn't begin as an addiction. It began as an affliction. But you didn't try to get out of it. You didn't try to heal yourself. فَزَادَهُمُ اللَّهُ مَرَضَ Allah will increase the disease of sin such that it becomes an addiction. Deen, Allah wants us to make that effort of mujahada, of tazkiyah, of islah, to work hard, to purify ourselves of these diseases. Otherwise we will spiral deeper and deeper and deeper into it. Look, in this world, when something gets dirty, you always want to clean it. You get a stain in your clothing, you want to clean it. Even today, people, if their car tires get dirty, they will get down on their knees and scrub the dirt off the tires of their car. Even though that same car is just going to drive in the dirt again. So if everything in this world, we try to keep it clean. Oh my friends, is it just our heart that we're willing to leave dirty? Is there just only one thing in our life that we're not worried about it being dirty? that I can look at this, and I can think that, and I can have this temptation, do this sin, speak this lie, and keep staining my heart, keep staining my heart. Everything else should be clean. When Allah SWT is saying in Qur'an, إِلَّا مَنْ بِقَلْبٍ That the only way to be successful in the day of judgment is to bring the clean heart, the pure heart. Most effort of cleaning and purification we should be giving to our heart. But alhamdulillah, there's also a third type of heart. Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Qur'an. First type of heart was hard heart, blind heart, sealed heart. 
the second type of heart was the sinning heart and the diseased heart, the sick heart. And then there's a third type of heart Allah Ta'ala mentions in Qur'an. That yes, they will be people who actually have this Qalbun Salim, Qalbun Muneeb, another way Allah says in Qur'an. Qalbun Muneeb means the heart that is yearning for Allah Ta'ala. The heart that is filled with love for Allah Ta'ala. The heart that has passion for Akhirah. The heart that has passion for Deen. This is also a type of heart. Yes. Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam explained it beautifully in one hadith. But who has that? Who has that pure heart? So the Prophet said, Man ahabba lillah wa abghada lillah wa ata'a lillah wa mana'a lillah faqad istakmala al-imam. That that person who loves for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Heart is unable to love except for two loves. Either the heart loves Allah SWT or the heart loves any ghayrullah for the sake of Allah SWT. Man ahamba lillah. That's it. There's no other love in their heart. No lustful, no romantic, none of that. No space for that. Heart is now given entirely. Don't you think love for Allah can do that for you? Today when people have unlawful love for one non-mahram woman, they come and say that my heart is now entirely hers. I have no room for anyone else in my heart. I have no eyes for anyone. She is the one and only for me. So if love of a woman can move a man to such fashion, you don't think love for Allah can move a person to such fashion. You don't think it's possible. You don't think Quran has that power, Deen has that power, Sunnah has that power. To make a mu'min like that, it definitely has that power. It makes a mu'min like that. So that mu'min says, now Allah is my one and only. I have no room for no mahram in my heart. All my love is for Allah subhanahu And any love that can be in His name and for His sake. We haven't tried to fill our hearts with the true love. That's why there's so much space, empty space left in our heart. And shaitan and the nafs fills it with the false loves. Our deen is a deen of love. Our deen is a deen that teaches us how to feel. And the greatest feeling is the feeling of muhabba. The most powerful feeling and emotion is the feeling of love. That's why Allah said in Quran, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَلُّهُمْ مَلِّلَّهُ that who are the people of Imam? They will be known by their actions? No. Will they be known by their words? No. Who are Alladina Amanu? Only Allah Ta'ala has his right in Quran to say who they are. Who does he say they are? Ashallu They will be known by their feelings. Which feeling? By the feeling of love. Which love? Their love for Allah Ta'ala. What kind of love? Ashallu Extremely, intensely strong love for Allah Ta'ala. That's how Alladina Amanu. Allah is the basic level in Quran. It's even lower than Mu'mineen. Yes, if you knew Arabic grammar, Allah is more entry level than Mu'mineen. I'll try to give you a flavor of this in English. If I said to you in English, those who have adopted faith, and I say to you in English, the believers. The difference? Those who have adopted faith, Allah the believers of Mu'mineen. The Alladina Amanu is the beginning level. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, no, this Iman is such that even at the beginning, you must love Allah Ta'ala intensely. So if we don't have that love, it means they don't even have the beginning feelings of Iman. 
We may have some beginning sentences and some beginning actions and some beginning movements, but we don't even have the beginning feelings of Iman until we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this. The first sign that Sayyidina was mentioned in this Second, that the other feeling of the heart, strong feeling is hatred, dislike, both. And that's this person, true believer, will only dislike something if Allah Ta'ala dislikes it. They have no personal dislikes anymore. That I dislike, no, they can never begin a sentence like that. They say, Allah Ta'ala dislikes, okay, I dislike it. That's it. They have no dislikes, no pet peeves, no personal issues with anyone, no problems, oh, I like that person, that, but I don't, I don't really like that person so much. They can't think like that. They have no ability to dislike except out of nisbat, out of the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, that whenever they do something, give something, let's say for example charity, grant something to someone, they only do that for seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't do it for worldly fame, they don't do it for popularity, they don't do it for monetary gain, only and only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam You to tell the people I want nothing from you I don't even want your thanks I do this only for Allah subhanahu wa They're totally lost in Allah subhanahu wa And the fourth sign that Nabi Yaqeena If they ever refuse something, refrain from something, stay away from something They will stay away from things for the sake of Allah subhanahu Means what Allah Ta'ala wants them not to do. They will not do it. What Allah Ta'ala wants them not to say, they will not say it. They will do all of that for the sake of Allah Subhanahu These are the signs that a person had Qalbul Muslimin. How many of us have these signs? And the Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned this hadith. How many of us have that sign that Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Quran? Ashanda Humban Allah. Then, Nabi Yaqarimsa mentioned, in another hadith, three more signs. Number one, At-Tajafi and Dar al-Ghurur. What does it mean? Ghurur means deception. Dar al-Ghurur is this world, the abode of deception and delusion. At-Tajafi means that they, their heart wearies of the world. Ad-Dunya usijna mu'min. They feel like this world is like a prison for the believers. They're not interested in the world. They just go through the motions. Yes, they just go through the motions. I'll give you an example. So when we travel, sometimes you may be in transit in some airport, right? And they may have made that airport in the most fancy way, with extremely fancy design. But never in your heart do you think, oh, I wish I could live in the airport. Never. <laughs> because you know you're in transit. There's no question. But no, I wish I would rather live here. I'm not at home and not my destination. I wish I could just live here. You will never think like that. No matter how fancy they make it, you will never think like that. But this is how the believers of this world. The whole world and all that it contains, and even if the mu'min was to get all the blessings and bounties and wonders of the world, they still would not want to live here forever. They're not interested. <laughs> it's like they're not interested in living in the airport. There's no interest to us. Uninterested. We go through the motions. We make complete functional use of the airport. So this means that the believer makes complete functional use of the dunya. 
functions in the world, earns in the world, attains in the world, achieves, accomplishes in the world, serves the world, but has no interest, heartfelt interest in the world. Heartfelt interest in it. Like many people, they have jobs like that. They go to work, but they're not passionate about their work. Right? They go, they work, they work 9 to 5, they've been working for 20 years, but it's not something they do out of passion. They just go through the motions. The believer is like that with the whole dunya. Everything. He just goes through the motions. His heart wearies of the world. Second, well, in Abhati in the Dhanul and their entire passion and yearning is where Darul Khulud means the eternal abode, means Allah. All they're thinking about. Like when you're in the airport, all you're thinking about is the destination. That's going to Glasgow, meet those people. Hmm? So, that's what they're thinking. All the time thinking about Allah. All the time. Third sign. Wish to have the Moti. That they are ready for death before death overtakes them. They are ready for death before death becomes ready for death. How many of us can say we have this? You can't just read words of Hadith. Hadith is about feelings. <laughs> These are feelings. Who has the feelings of Hadith? Those are the real followers of Hadith. Who has the words of Hadith? Anybody can buy a library. That's not going to get you anywhere. Who has the feelings of Sayyidina Rasulullah Those are called Sahib Sunnah. So the Nabi is mentioning these feelings. They are ready for death before death is ready for them. Gee, which one of us can say that? <laughs> Strange, we don't have any of these signs of Kalbansani. <laughs> Our whole life was given to us so we get this Kalbun Salim. There's nothing else to life except being successful on the Day of Judgment. There's nothing else to being successful on the Day of Judgment. Illa man Kalbun And we don't have any of these signs. Few more signs. One is that the person who has a pure heart, they become very conscious of their impurities. They're very aware of their faults. They feel the sting of their sin. Like if a person wears pure white clothing and something small drops, they're very careful, very protective. Somebody has a new car, they get a small scratch. They're very sensitive to scratches and dents hmm? because they have something valuable. Somebody has some valuable, some woman has some valuable jewelry. If she values, she'll be very sensitive to any scratch or dent. So the person with Talbun Salim, they know, they now know the value of their heart. So they're extremely sensitive to any scratch, any dent, any stain. Highly sensitized. They're aware of their own fault. They're too busy being aware of their own faults to be aware of the faults of others. And us, we know our sins with yakin. But we don't look at that. And we suspect someone did something wrong. We start blaming them. We start being upset with them. We turn away from them. And we're not even sure 100% that they even did it. But just on suspicion and chance, we turn away. When are we going to start feeling repugnance for our sins, which we know we did with certainty, which we experienced ourselves? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then, 
mentioned one way to get this Kalman Sulim. That they come with a penitent heart, yearning heart, heart turning towards Allah SWT. How did they get that yearning? So one way we mentioned with love, the second way is Manakhashiya. means to fear Allah SWT. When are they fearing Allah SWT? Manakhashiya Rahman. When they're thinking about Allah Ta'ala through which attribute is mercy. Most of us don't think like that. We think when we think about Allah Ta'ala being a Rahman, we don't feel the fear. No. What is the Quran teaching us? The Quran, remember, it came to teach us how to feel. Learn how to feel the feelings. So Allah Ta'ala is saying is when you think about me as a Rahman, Man Rahman, you should fear me even when you are remembering that I am the all merciful one. Then imagine how much that person will stay away from sin. Because sometimes he will also have to remember that not only is Allah Ta'ala Ar-Rahman, he is also Al-Jambar, Al-Mutakambir, Al-Qahar, Lu-Intikam, Al-Aziz, Al-Akbar. When he thinks about that, then imagine how much he must fear. The Qur'anic human being, the person who feels feelings of Qur'an, if he feels fear, for Allah SWT, when he thinks about Allah Rahman, can you imagine how much fear he will feel for Allah SWT when he thinks about him as Allahu Akbar? He will tremble before he can hear the Allahu Akbar of Adhan and not pray for him. It is not possible for him. He cannot do it. It's inconceivable, unable to do something like that. Because he has feelings. Because she has feelings for Allah SWT. <coughs> Third, the first way to get the feeling of love, second way to get the feeling of fear. Third, way to get kalbun salim is through zikr. Allah Taala says in Quran, that don't obey that person who we have emptied their heart from our zikr. So what does it mean? Allah Taala means to be clear. That the heart is supposed to be full of zikr for Allah SWT. The heart is supposed to feel the feelings of remembrance for Allah SWT. Always remembering Allah SWT, yearning for Him, wanting Him, missing Allah Taala. Yesterday people like to send this SMS to each other, that I love you and I miss you. Allahu hmm? Akbar. I love you and I miss you. Actually this was the way we were supposed to feel about Allah SWT. I love you, therefore I prayed. I didn't feel so much in my prayer. I miss you. I missed you in that prayer, Allah. I just prayed two rakats and I didn't feel anything. I'm really missing you. I'm going to have to do it again. I'm going to have to show up again. For loving Allah and missing Allah, that is called zikr. So that person then never wants to miss their beloved, so they start doing zikr more. And then they never want to miss their beloved, and they do zikr all the time. That will answer the Quran, Ya Ayyuhalladina Amanukullah Zikr Kathira. Zikr all the time doesn't mean worship all the time. It means zikr all the time. Zikr in the workplace. Zikr in the office. Zikr in the university. Why? Because it's zikr in the heart. Silent zikr of Allah in your heart. Your body and mind is engaged in the work of the world, but your heart is still remembering Allah. Yes, it's possible. 
differences. Even in something small. Your wife tells you to bring vegetables on your way home. Your mind and body is sitting at work, but your heart is running after you get the vegetables. Those have been trouble. Have been trouble. Hmm? You can remember something while doing something else. We do it all the time. Allah Ta'ala gave us this ability for a reason that we would remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while doing the work of the world. Hence Allah Ta'ala said, That remember Allah Ta'ala when you're standing, sitting, and lying on your side. So these are the ways that a person will get this convincing. Love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to end tonight with where is the beginning? How can I take the first step? Allah li zikri Allah ta'ala inna al-qulub. Allah ta'ala said al-Quran, only and only in the zikr of Allah ta'ala will the heart ever find happiness and contentment. So that's the end. The end of the journey is itmanan al-qalb. That your heart will be happy and at peace. What's the beginning of the journey? There are two baby steps a person can make tonight. One is called Tawbah and one is called Irada. One is called Tawbah, one is called Irada. Tawbah means to beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us for sin. To ask Allah ta'ala to forgive us for all the unlawful loves that we have. To cast off all of the sins that we did. And Irada means for the future. To have an irada, to have a desire, to have a talab, to have a goal. That now I want to lead an Allah-oriented life. People like to talk in management of goal-oriented life. I want to lead an Allah-oriented life. Now Allah's fault is going to be the be-all and end-all of my life. So this is called tawbah and this is called irada. Now this tawbah irada in our deen is, has been done traditionally with a teacher. Why? Because we need somebody to guide us on Torah. We need somebody to guide us on how to fulfill that irada. Just like if you want to learn the meanings of Quran, you need a teacher. You want to learn Hadith, you need a teacher. You want to learn the Islamic legal rulings in Masa'id the Shari, you need a teacher. Then should we not have a teacher for Taqwa, for Tawbah, for Zikr, for Sunnah? And these things aren't coming in our life, untaught. So to express that Tawbah to Allah Ta'ala, and to make an irada to Allah Subhanahu with someone who will guide us on how to be true to that tawbah and sincere in that irada, that is called tazkiyah, that is called ihsan. This was the method of Sayyidina Rasulullah He used to make people make this expression of tawbah and this expression of irada, the expression of tawbah and irada, women is mentioned in Surah Al-Mumtahina, and the expression of tawbah and irada, men is mentioned in the Kitab Al-Iman of Sahih Bukhari. So on this night we should make that expression. We should make true tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should make an irada, a commitment, an expression of will that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from now on we want to live a life that is pleasing to you, following the sunnah of your beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we want to live a life in which we purify our heart. So inshallah after we pray Isha Salah, we will call Adhan and pray Isha, and after Isha Salah we will make dua. And as part of the du'a, we will make this intention of tawbah and make this intention of irada so that Allah Ta'ala can also put us on the spiritual path of getting this pure heart, of purifying this impure heart so that we can rid ourselves of all of the signs, symptoms of the diseased heart 
and try step by step to get all the signs and symptoms of the pure heart. And Allah will accept this niyyah from us. May accept our coming to the masjid. May accept our isha salah. May accept the dua we will make. May accept our whole life for salat al-mustaqim. Wa akhirna wa'ana. Anan alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.